All righty, welcome, 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 one and all, ladies and gentlemen, into episode 229 of the Get Around podcast. It's uh, just the two of us, once again, James, uh, as our faithful and fearless rookie cub reporter Jordan Puente is still out, still testing positive for COVID-19. don't know if I should reveal that on air. So I think we, I think I think we've probably told enough people. <laughs> people may have figured out that he's not been here the last couple of weeks, and he's not here hasn't been here long enough to have vacation time yet. It's yeah, and I don't think it no longer has the stigma that it that it once did. Of, True, you know, everybody uh, gets it except for me. I'm still that's me knocking on wood right there. I, I am still uh, COVID-free, fortunately. Um, but uh, episode 229 of the Get Around podcast, uh, happy to have all of our Audible viewers along for the ride. Uh, I'm your host, Brendan Queeley. In the uh, Get Around studio is James Cook, and uh, we are brought to you by Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's has two locations here in Traverse City. They make subs freaky fresh. They do it freaky fast because they're Jimmy John's. Freaky. Okay, so before we get into the game, I, uh, I we're going to play the game uh, that I I like to play at our uh, area code game. I need to bring up the fact just how much I enjoy going through the bowling agate that we get every week, the bowling scores that we get every week from Lucky Jacks, uh, simply because of the names. I love the names that that are in there, uh, from Chip Fryer uh, to Bill Beaver and Don Trimmer. Uh, Terry Bigelow is such a good name. Of course, we have Lucky Miracle, which is uh, that's one of the, the one names that yeah. I, I love seeing that. Uh, Jim Palmer is a great one, just because uh, a, a Hall of Fame uh, baseball pitcher. Uh, that, uh, that Orioles, I like way before most uh, of your the, time. Yes, yeah. Um, but I found one this weekend that has to take the cake uh, for the best bowling name because her name is Sylvia Bowling. Her last name is literally Bowling, and it just brought such joy to my heart. Which you got to take joy in the simple things in life right because not everything's great in life the most of it is is hot garbage but (laughs) when when you see that a woman named sylvia bowling is in the bowling scores for bowling a 193 uh it 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 just it yeah it, it tickled my heartstrings and uh it it made me smile so i just wanted to bring that up because uh it's always fun, especially since, you know, when we do that, we have to go through and format every single score for every single name. Um, yeah. But uh, thank you, Blocks. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I was just happy like this week. It wasn't like horribly long, which was which was good. It wasn't a horribly long list of bowling scores. Yeah, um, it's going to get a lot longer when Incredible Moe's League start up. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I know. But I also get to see um, a couple of my buddies' names in there most weeks too. So who's that? That's kind of cool. Uh, Chuck Green and Dale Warner. 
They're yeah, see, that's just bowling. those are strong bowling names. Yeah. If your name is Chuck or Dale, like, yeah, you should be bowling on a weekly basis. Um, all right, but let's get into the game. Uh, last week I picked uh, Pawnee, Indiana, and you picked. Well, I guess it would have been Atlanta, Georgia. That's from, right. From you Walking picked Dead. Atlanta, Georgia for The Walking Dead. Yes. Yeah, because we talked All about right. how and neither who, of us walks, watches The Walking Dead anymore. Right. And uh, who was the, uh, what was the correct? Uh, who was uh, the winner? Area code. What was it? 228? 229. 229 is Southern Georgia. Come on, man. So not, you, not Atlanta. You cheated. Not, not Atlanta area, though. Because Atlanta is more kind of north central. Yeah, but you still you're in the same state. Wow! So we get James with a win-win, not even a closest it's to like, win. You it's like on the Florida win. Georgia line for you country fans. What was that horrible song that they did? I that don't know. was a, a. It was just an earworm. It was, uh, baby, you're a song that wanna put my window down and roll or something like that. Yeah, pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah, sure. I'll go with that. We've, we've had guests sing before, so I feel comfortable that the, the host can sing as well. All right, so James with the legitimate win this week in our area code game uh, for 229. Um, all right, so next week is 230. Two, two, oh. the, that's the last time that we can guess before we know what it's going to be. Um, so I so 230, oh, I will take... I'm gonna stay in Indiana okay. since I went. Uh, since I, but since I went Pawnee last time, I'm gonna take Hawkins. Give me Hawkins, Ooh, Indiana, and Stranger Things. That's good. That's a good one. Um, God, I don't have a show picked out for this one. I was gonna say Letterkenny, but I think we already had Ontario come up, didn't we? We did. Yeah. But it does. That doesn't mean that. Uh, I guess there could be more than one area code. Yeah, certainly could be. I guess it could be. All right, yeah, I'll go Ontario, Canada. Okay. All right. So we've got Stranger so, Things, Letter, Letter Kenny. Kenny, allegedly, uh, allegedly, <laughs> in uh, for our game. All right, very cool. Lots of fun as always. Uh, but let's get into the business at hand, the business that is this show, and get into the pulse. Uh, Traverse City Central. Uh, rattled off their second straight win after losing four in a row. They now have games left against Bay City Western. Uh, they're headed back to Bay City this Friday. Then, of course, they have the Patriot game against the rival Traverse City West on October 22nd. So the question is, one, can they win those two games? And two, if they win those two games, have they done enough to make it into the playoffs? I, I think if they win those two games, I'm you know I think that they should have a pretty good playoff point ranking just because of the and this is the reason why they went to the Saginaw Valley League because they just played consistently better teams and have a better playoff point ranking. So you know if that translates, then I think that they they do have a legit shot to make the playoffs. I'm looking actually I'm looking at snooze to you right now. And as of right now, at three and four, they have Traverse City Central making the playoffs. Okay, I think that is given just the, playing the Midland difficulty in the first of round. their schedule. The, yeah. the difficulty of their schedule through those first 
five or six weeks uh, was was pretty brutal. I think each week they played a team that will end up in the playoffs this year. Yeah, and then if, if this holds true, they would play Midland, who is a team that they lost to in a very close game a couple weeks ago. Yeah, what was that? 27-21? to 27-21. 21-17. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, um, and, I mean, and then what can that team do in, in the playoffs? I mean, it, it really seems like Reed Seabase is just a man on a mission right now. Uh, he put up 323 yards rushing two weeks ago. He put up close to 200 yards rushing this previous week, I think 187. Uh, for him, I mean, it just seems like he's he is not going to miss the playoffs in his senior year. That's what it, that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting from that kid. Yeah, I think he seems to be like you said, a man on a mission. Um, you know, and basically Western. I mean, they got blown out by Midland. They're I mean they're five and or four and three, so you'll still get a decent amount of playoff points for beating them. Um, but but they got blown out by Midland, so I imagine TC Central's got to be coming into this feeling decent, not overconfident, but feeling confident and then and then you've got the patriot game the following week which is a toss-up but i think central goes into that favor just given that oh yeah just given just looking at the records yeah west is now on a a six-game losing streak after falling uh this past week uh or the uh, on friday um I yeah, think forty-eight to, Mount, to thirteen Pleasant. was the final. To yeah, Mount Pleasant. Mount, to a very yeah. good Mount Pleasant team. Uh, yeah, and then they've, you know, West has got Bay City Central this week, which I think is a a winnable game for them. You know, Bay City Central is a two-win team, whereas TC West is one. So it's not like it's a a game that's out of reach for them. I think so. You could have both Traverse City Central and Traverse City West coming into the Patriot game off of wins over the Bay City schools. Yeah. Uh, one team we don't have to worry about making the playoffs is Traverse City St. Francis. But the question here this week is, you know, last week when we talked about, about St. Francis, they didn't have a Week 8 opponent. They have a Week 8 opponent now. They're going to be playing Lawton, which was the state runner-up last year, right? Did they Or did they, yes. they lost to Puamo yeah, West they, Bay? They yet? lost to Puamo, which is the team that St. Francis lost to in the semifinals. Right, um, both in close games. So they picked them up for a home game coming up on Saturday, one o'clock at Thurlby Field. Um, my question to you is, uh, you know, I talked to both uh, St. Francis athletic director Aaron Bigger and uh, head coach Josh Sellers um, for a story last week about them trying to find an opponent, and they talked about having you know, the, the pluses of just taking the forfeit that they were going to get from Flint Beecher, uh, of being able to rest their players, but also the downside of you know seniors missing a game, just not having a game, uh, getting out of, out of rhythm for playing football. Was it wise for St. Francis to pick up a week eight opponent, or should they have just taken the forfeit? Um, I mean, they could have just been happy to take the forfeit. I mean, you know, but... It seemed right from the get-go that they were pretty set on trying to find a game if they could get one against a quality opponent. I mean, they reached out to Standish Sterling, who's ranked in the top three or four in a division ahead of them. Standish Sterling apparently politely declined and decided to take that forfeit that, that, that they were going to be getting in Week 8. 
Um, They reached out to, uh, they had a a team in Detroit reach out to St. Francis, and St. Francis didn't want to travel that far because it was going to have to be in Detroit. So they didn't want to travel that far, so St. Francis turned down that one. But then Lawton uh, suddenly was in the same position as St. Francis when Saugatuck canceled a game against them. So Lawton was looking for a game, and, and they're a team that's you know, six and one. So it, it should be a really good game. Defending state champions or state finalists from last year, and uh, you know, I mean, I'm not sure why Saugatuck forfeited this game though, because they played last week. They lost big, but uh, they they played last week against Galesburg and lost 54 to nothing. You know, it might have just been the same exact concerns that Flint Beecher had about playing. St. Francis, they didn't want a bunch of young, inexperienced guys uh, getting their clocks cleaned. Yeah, I think they had some injuries mounting up, and we're going to have to play half a JV team. And that's not a good recipe when you're playing the number one team in the state. I I see the bonus of of taking a week off, right? Taking the forfeit and just resting up, getting ready for the playoffs. But I also look at St. Francis, and they're a football team that wants to play football, right? Right. Um, I don't think that any of those players would have been would have felt good about passing up on a game, and so yeah, and I get it. And they're going to get more if they if they beat Lawton. They're going to get more, way more playoff points by beating Lawton than and confidence than by beating uh, you know like a five hundred Flint Beecher team. And even if they lose right. to Lawton, they may get almost as many playoff points as if they beat a 500 Flint Beecher team. And if they, you know, if they lose, what a benefit that will actually be for St. Francis because they'll be like, okay, here are some of the, uh, our deficiencies in our game that can be exploited by our opponents. Now let's work on that and try to close up those holes in time for the playoffs when it really matters. So I think this is, I, I think it's a win either win or lose for St. Francis uh, on Saturday. Yep, and, and, and they're coming off a good win against Sault Ste. Marie where they pretty well controlled that game. They, you know, they didn't, they didn't, I guess, dominate as much as they have other games in the past, but Sault Ste. Marie's not a bad team either. Um, and, uh, and then they've got that big country day game in Week 9. And, but the, good, the one thing about St. Francis yeah. is that they are coming in, I think if they had a bunch of injuries that they would have maybe just taken the forfeit if they if they needed to get healthy. But this team is remarkably healthy yeah. for this point in the season still, in part because yeah. they've been able Again, to take starters out of the wood. game in second half. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I put in my story this weekend that, you know, that Sault Ste. Marie scored a fourth-quarter touchdown to prevent St. Francis from getting its first shutout of the season. And part of the reason why they haven't gotten any shutouts in some of these blowout games is because they've been putting the JV team in in the fourth quarter. And, right. And, and that's what been has been surra- giving up some of these scores. Otherwise, I think they would have some some shutouts, kind of like uh, Charlevoix, where they've had five of the last six games <laughs> have been shutouts. All right, a few more questions before we get to our guests, who will be uh, Trevor City St. Francis tennis players, Charlie King and Derek Berta. Uh, I want to stick with football for one more question, and we'll, we'll move on. The, who do you believe is the best 5-2 and two team uh, in, in the area? Um, Kingsley, Cadillac, or Lake City? Uh, I'm going to go at this point 
right now I would say Cadillac. Um, and I'll say that because they have a win over a top 10 team in, in beating Belding last week. It's, it's the start of a gauntlet for them to finish the season where they play three teams that are ranked in the top 10 with uh, Portland and Reed City coming up. So it's a, it's a very crucial stretch of the season for them, but um, they've, you know, they've got that really good win over a top 10 team, and their losses are not, not bad losses. I mean, a three-point loss to Mount Pleasant and a six-point loss to Midland, who are both very good teams, both top 10 teams. So you're looking at it. I mean, they'll go, they'll go to the playoffs having played five teams that were ranked in the top 10 in the state at one point or another. I mean, that's, that's impressive. Yes. And, and Cadillac has proven over the last several years that they are becoming a, I mean, a really solid football program year to year, uh, putting themselves now on the map of being a perennial contender, which is really, really impressive, uh, for for that part of, of northern Michigan. Uh, I, I like what Kingsley is doing. I, I don't know if I would say that they're, you know, better than, than Cadillac. That would be a fun game uh, to certainly watch. But what, what they've done uh, after losing 49-12 to to St. Francis these last three weeks, taking care of business against Benzie and then beating Sault Ste. Marie and then Richland, Richland Gold Lake, um, which was also, uh, as I brought up last week, it was a palindromic score. Uh, they won 42-24 to over Gull Lake, and uh, again, that also made my heart happy. Sylvia Bowling and the uh, Kingsley football score over Gull Lake, the, the two things that I was like, ooh, that's really nice. Um, but what what Tim Moore has his, his team doing, it seems like they are getting right at the right time, mm-hmm. uh, that they are figuring out the game, and that just goes to show you what a – like a professional football coach, like instructor, teacher that that, that Tim Moore is over at Kingsley. Yeah, and I totally can see them. Uh, you know, I think they're they're going into these last two games of the season against Grayling and Sheboygan as the favorites in those games, and you know are, are probably favored to end the season at seven and two, which should get you some a home game or two maybe in the playoffs, depending how things shake out, and uh, you know. But I like also like what Lake City's doing. I mean, so yeah. I mean, none of these none of these three are are bad teams by by any means. And Lake City's won three in a row as well. Um, and that that previous loss to Beale City, I mean, that's against the Beale City team that is, uh, I believe, ranked and legitimately good. And that was only twenty three to six. Mm-hmm. And then their first loss of the season was to a, a school that's one and a half times the size, or more than one and a half times the size of them. In Sheboygan. Um, so, um, it, it'll also be interesting. One thing I, I discovered and overheard during the uh, game against the Sioux from St. Francis last Saturday is that the that the Sioux is leaving the Northern Michigan Football Conference next year. Right for the and, and going for to the Big North and going to play in the Big North for football only. <clears throat> so it'll be interesting so to see if maybe Sheboygan or Ogama does the same thing, because those schools were looking to maybe form a big school division of the Northern Michigan Football League, football conference, sorry. And uh, and then the other schools kind of voted the Big North schools out or wouldn't accept them. So 
Yeah, that'll keep the Big North alive, which we thought it was dead, yeah. at least in football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if, I wonder, I'm curious if Sheboygan and Ogemaw are considering the same sort of thing, which would then give the Big North Conference seven schools in football. So having six games automatically on your schedule and only have to schedule three non-conference games is it's got to be nice as an athletic director. <laughs> than yeah. Now where it is, you get three games and you got to find six non-conference games. All right, we'll move on from football uh, and do a little golf and cross-country all-in-one. Uh, this was, uh, she was featured on uh, a story on the MHSAA website uh, last week. Grace Slocum, who has been uh, on fire uh, on the golf course, uh has a good shot at, at winning um, an individual title there and also has a good shot at winning uh, a team title with the St. Francis cross-country team. Uh, what are her chances and just how impressive is what she's uh, doing this year being uh, a dominant dual athlete? It is incredibly impressive. I mean, uh, to take those two sports and uh, – and just kind of be, I mean, they lend themselves well schedule-wise, I think, because uh, golf tournaments generally are on weekends in high school, uh, but and cross-country big events are. So from a scheduling standpoint, it kind of works out pretty well for her, but she's made it work very well, too, in being just excellent at both of them. Uh, you know, she's usually one of St. Francis's top two or three runners um, behind Betsy Skenzel. A lot of times, and uh, and right there with Duffing, and then on, in golf, I mean, she won the she basically won the Big North Conference last year, even though she wasn't in the Big North. You know, St. Francis played right. in that tournament that that was the Big North Conference Finals plus St. Francis, and she won it as a freshman. And, yeah, uh, and I think she's got. I mean, she has several wins under her golf belt uh, already this this season. So and. She'll be uh, at the at the state finals this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, I think she's got. She's. It'll be interesting to be. I think she's definitely going to be all state. Got a, a real good chance of being all state in both, and you know has that chance of winning two state championships in a year, which would be something you don't ever hear about in in the same season. In the same. Yeah, in a single season, not in the same. Yeah. Like, there are athletes that have won, you know, a couple of state championships in, in a year. I mean, we we were gushing over the Lake Leland St. Mary players who didn't even win state championships, just appeared in two state championship games. She literally, she can win two state championships uh, in the matter, uh, in the time span of a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, so. that's something pretty special. Someone we know will win a state championship this year is Hunter Jones. Um, I think we can all pencil that in pretty safely that he will win his fourth individual cross country state championship to it's a, be it's almost a gimme. It, yeah, to add gonna, add it to. I think that I think that adds him to the list of like maybe two or three people, three or four people right around right around there. Um, but he ran a. Uh, a fourteen thirty seven flat over the weekend at the Portage Invite, um, which broke his own mark for second place, which he has set I think like three times already this season. Um, but 
that's still 27 seconds away from the the record, which was set by Dathan, Ritten, Dathan Ritzenhain back in 2000 at 14.10.4. Uh, I know he wants that. I know he wants that record. He said it to me uh, a couple of times. Can he get it? I, I the only reason I question that is that's twenty seven more seconds, and it's getting colder out. Yeah, I mean his what is his PR fourteen thirty two, I think. I, I believe so. That was that was ran earlier. This that was the one they ran the Pete Moss. That was the Pete Moss. Yeah, was his was his PR. Yeah. Um, so man, taking what twenty two seconds off of that? Whew, that's a lot in cross country. Yeah. If there's anybody who can do it, twenty two seconds is a lot. If, if there's anybody who can do it, you know, it would be Hunter Jones, and it would be to do it at the state finals, because it's going to be the one race where he's probably pushed the most. Do you think that's the one where he just says he just goes for it? I could totally see that. I mean, he. You know the state finals. He's just just dominated in in previous seasons. Yeah, last year's division three state finals, he won by almost exactly thirty seconds. So maybe he Which won't. Is a... Maybe he won't get pushed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's got to be something he's targeting. Yeah, I would think so because. What else is there? He knows he's going to win, um, even if he doesn't admit it, which he wouldn't and probably shouldn't. Um, it would be refreshing for once to hear an athlete go, yeah, I'm going to win. I know I'm going to win. So I need to find something else to compete for or compete against. And I think he's competing against Rittenheim in 2000. I think that's what I think that's what he's going for. But, man, that a 14-10 is – that's just – it's so fast for a cross country race. It's just it's unreal. Yeah. And I'm looking actually yeah, at the state finals last year, you know, he won by 41 seconds. It was 30 seconds as a as a sophomore that he won by. He won by 41 seconds last year over Manton's Noah Morrow. And uh I mean, the other all the other kids in the top 6 were seniors last year. So Yeah. He's uh yeah, uh-huh. he's the prohibitive favorite I and mean, if so if you're las vegas and you were putting odds on the division three boys state finals what minus would be, 750 more than that even it's like you gotta bet like a hundred dollars to make two dollars or something <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i i wouldn't even i wouldn't even take bets that's the yeah, it's just off. It's off. It's that short of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, a couple other people that will be going for a state championship gold, uh, doing so this weekend, actually, uh, when they head down to, I believe it's in, Kalamazoo. are they in Kalamazoo? Kalamazoo. They're in Kalamazoo this weekend uh, for the boys' tennis state finals. That is the St. Francis One Doubles team of Charlie King and Derek Berta. They joined James earlier today in the Get Around studio. Let's listen to that interview right now.
podcast is happy to bring on Trevor City St. Francis number one doubles team, uh, Charlie King and Derek Berta. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you guys are uh, the number one ranked team in uh, Division Four in doubles, right? Correct. Um, talk about your guys' expectations for the state finals, which are coming up here pretty quick. Um, we're definitely not expecting it to be like last year. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, last year we were the obvious one seed, and it wasn't hard then. So, I mean, it wasn't easy then. So, we're not expecting it to be easy now. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's a state championship. Everybody's playing well. It's really competitive. Um, we just have to be ready for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you were at three doubles last year. Yeah, we were both right? three doubles. Or, yeah. Okay. Um, talk about that experience and, and winning that state title at three dubs last year. That was a... We had a battle last year. We had some teams that were very, very good. Mm -hmm. Gave us some real yep. competition. We ended up pulling it out, but it was a it was a battle. Yeah, you had like what three three set matches? We did the last two the matches, last two semis yeah. and the finals. Semifinals. Okay. Um, how much confidence does that give you guys going into this year, being that you've moved up to being number one doubles now? Um, we, I mean. To be honest, we're doing better than we thought we were going to do. Um, we kind of just decided to take it match by match and see how we could do, and obviously it ended up turning out pretty well um, mm -hmm. going in as the one seed this year. I think it helps that we played together last year. It helps a lot yeah. now that we don't have – it's we have the same time of type of chemistry out on the court. It helped that we played together last year and helped us a lot this year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I've heard that you guys are the loudest team <laughs> Uh, uh, for St. Francis, uh, yes. what is it you guys do during matches? Uh, I personally play a lot better when we have a lot of energy. Yep. And if mm -hmm. we are yelling, I will be playing a lot better. Mm -hmm. I, it's, a, it's a lot of noise coming from our court. Yeah. It is. It keeps it exciting. keeps the energy up. It's always good to have the momentum on your side. Yeah. What do you guys yell at each other? He, he likes Kamir. Or Kamir, not Kamir. Yeah, uh, no, he likes give me that. Give me that. That's if, I had a, one. if I had a good shot, if I had an overhead, I'll, I'll, I'll yell, give me that. Okay. <laughs> I heard that one. And there's the uh, the see you ball. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you hit one out of the, yeah. out of the cage. That's the always fence. a... We'll, we'll yell, see you ball. It's always a momentum changer. It is. Mm -hmm. We did it like uh, four times in a row in our regional final. So it got us going. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you're doing it in a good way. We're not where you're mishitting a ball and oh. just that, <laughs> no, not just no, moonshotting it out of there. We're not you're, negative at all. You're spiking the ball <laughs> no. so 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 much that it goes yeah. pop, yeah. over yep. the thing. And, uh, um, you did that once like three times in a row, right? And uh, I think it was Dane had to go get the ball. Yeah, yeah. That's and what he, I, I think he said he was out of breath by the time uh, <laughs> by was. the third one. They were going. They were going away. I think that I was just, the regionals, right? I remember his face just getting back from getting another ball, and we hit one over again. <laughs> he just runs back and gets it. <laughs> what did he look like? Was he was he red? Was he, was he huffing? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, and uh, talk about, um, well, first of all, what would happen if you guys played Dane in a match? Singles? Yeah. Doubles? He's, I would guess singles, yeah, or, or doubles if you put somebody with him. He's a... Uh, He's a classic doubles player. He is consistent. He does not miss. Um, yeah. He's tough to beat. He's tough to beat. He just. Mm -hmm. he, he is. Miss. I. He has played Charlie Schmoody before, who was our one singles two years ago. Mm -hmm. I think he won like two and two or something. Six two six two. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was. I was kind of surprised actually. I thought it would be closer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, now you, you guys lost your number one singles player, Grant, right? I mean, he's we did. he's going to a, a like an academy in uh, Florida somewhere. Yeah. And how big of a loss was that for the team? I mean, um, I mean, he was you know a pretty big, pretty good number one singles player for you. I he remember was. him having a big serve. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did have a big serve. Yeah, that was a pretty big loss because um, if we had him, our singles lineup would pretty much would have stayed the same. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, we only lost his flight last year. He lost in, like, the second round. And then our four singles last year lost in the semifinal. So either way, it was a lot of matches won. Versus, mm-hmm. I mean, to win states, you just need a lot of matches. You don't necessarily need everybody to win. So mm-hmm. it was good to have reliability in our singles lineup to at least get a couple of matches in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and you, you guys got... a. Oh, I think you guys got a warning last year in the finals, right, for for yelling too much? I had, I had a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Happens. I, had, I think I had two or three warnings Yeah. in the finals. <clears throat> well, like regionals and or finals is the only place where you guys have actual referees, right? I mean, uh, everything up until then is on our system, right? You call your own. Yes, yeah. you, can, you can ask for a line judge to come over. They mm-hmm. won't overturn calls. You have to look at them and you have to ask them. Uh, you have to ask them if that call was correct or not for if you want to challenge your opponent's call. <laughs> so we did that. Yeah, did Dane's, that. Dane's made a point to tell us that this year because apparently he had a lot of frustration with the girls' season last year and the finals because yeah. there would be a bad call and just because they didn't ask, you, like the line judge wouldn't be able to do anything about it. Okay. So you, so you have to specifically ask for the call. Okay. All right, if you don't speak up. Yep. It just stays wrong. Yeah, yep. challenge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you limited to how many times you can do that, or can you kind of do that I as much as you want? I don't believe so. You can do it as much as you'd like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you just, if you do it too much, you probably just risk annoying them. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure they get annoyed all the time. Yeah. Be fine. Uh, how difficult is that during the regular season, having to police yourselves and having opponents who are policing themselves? Um, you definitely have to, like, you have to control the match in that way. Um like, the second they make a call that's even questionable, you definitely have to ask them about it. Otherwise, they'll keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's something you have to be sort of assertive about. Yeah. How do you how do, you do that, be, like, be assertive without trying to, to uh, get your opponent mad? <laughs> Sometimes it's good to have them mad. It never hurts to get them mad, yeah. but uh, <laughs> it'll, it'll help you out in the long run. Yeah. But you just have to, first time, you be extremely respectful about it. You be... You be courteous about it you ask them politely are you sure about that call or can you show me where it is is what we'll normally ask them can you point to where the ball landed is a good one to make sure they're doing it correctly Mm -hmm. and they they know what they called so we'll do that the first time and then the next time we'll be yeah are you sure about that one (laughs) we our coach doesn't like letting us our coach doesn't like having us uh call line judges at home home meets he doesn't he doesn't let us um, he gives us yeah. to talk about calling things honorably, and then he lets us continue on with the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. which worked last time. It did. It did. Mm-hmm. So that might be a one-time thing, but it worked that time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, now you guys are going into the, the state finals, ranked number two in the state. What do you think your potential is at the finals as a team? I think we have a strong team again this year. Um, we need everybody to do strongly in the first one or two rounds. 
that would be that's crucial to us getting the state championship again this year is everybody each flight getting at least the first one or two rounds matches one because that yeah. points towards us getting there mm -hmm. especially the young guys um I think we just need to keep letting them know that you got to take it match at a time, one match at a time, because I'm sure it's overwhelming going into like a whole state championship in your freshman year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think? I mean, you you've played two of the other better teams in the area in Traverse City Central, who's ranked number eight in Division Two, and Petoskey, mm -hmm. who's ranked number nine in Division Three. Uh, what do you think their potential is in the finals, and and what do you think of them? You, you tied. Central, I believe, and and beat Petoskey. So what do you think of those teams? They have very strong teams. It's the strongest I've seen them in a long time. Uh, well, not really. In the past few years. A few years ago, they were both extremely strong. They lost a lot of seniors in the past. Um, but they're looking very strong those here. I think they'll do well. Mm -hmm. What was the key to, to being able to, to beat Petoskey and... and you know, draw with Traverse City Central. I mean, they're much bigger schools than St. Francis. I think we everybody had a lot of motivation to beat them, just because we're all in the same same area. We wanted mm -hmm. we're, we're, it was very competitive against them. We were very competitive. Everybody wanted it, wanted it bad. Mm -hmm. So I think that was the that was the biggest point is we wanted to beat them. Mm -hmm. We did. Do you kind of view yourselves as like underdogs coming into that, just thinking that they're such bigger schools, like just enrollment wise. Um, for Chachi and I. Like, individually, um, we just tend to be able to make match closes, matches close, um, no matter who we're playing against. I mean, if it's the number one team in Division One, then that's something else. But, um, again, you, could ju you just have to take it game by game and see what you can do. Mm -hmm. And we happen to come out on top for that one. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> are, they, are those two teams pretty, uh, pretty deep or deep enough to, to finish top ten in the state, top five maybe even? For their respective divisions, mm -hmm. yes. I think they have very strong teams, and I think they should finish well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we've also played some of the other teams in their division, so mm -hmm. we have an, a good idea of that, too. Yeah, because you guys you beat Forest Hill Central a couple of times, right? Yeah, we're 2-1 and one against them. Yeah, and they're ranked, I think, number three really? in Division Two. Mm -hmm. Oh, they are. Okay. So that's got to be a couple of nice feathers in you guys. Yeah. Have. You guys <laughs> yeah. played a, a pretty competitive schedule this year. We did. I mean, this is the hardest. This American has got to be the hardest schedule we've had. Our career, yeah. It was, it was a tough schedule this year. Mm -hmm. And a lot of bigger schools. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, regularly you guys are going downstate and playing. Brother Rice yeah. was a big one. Yeah, schools that Brother are. Brother Rice, Hudsonville. Yeah, if Forces. you're playing Division Four teams, you're playing the top ones, and then you're going yeah. to play other big schools. Yeah. Uh, how much does that help you? I mean, I know you guys... Looking at your record, I think some people might look at your record and see that you've lost 12 matches. Yeah. But, you know, how much does that prepare you playing those Division One, Division Two type teams and then going into the playoffs and playing Division Four tennis? Very it's important. It's very important for us. We've had it our whole career. We've always had a, a strong schedule of a lot of big downstate teams that are known for tennis, and I think it's always helped us because it's mostly at the beginning of our season. We spend the beginning beginning of our season playing these big really tough schools and then we come back and we play these smaller schools in our division and it it gives us a big boost and yeah. makes us ready to play them it's definitely good for preparation but you kind of have to be careful with it as far as playing down to people's level after you're playing these really good teams and then you go down to the lower teams of d4 
Mm-hmm. You just have to find a way to keep playing your game and keep the energy. Mm-hmm. It's not like swinging a fungo bat in baseball. Where yeah. You swing the heavy bat and then you swing the light bat and it's really easy. Yeah, and you can't expect anyone, you can't expect anything to be easy, especially in states. Mm-hmm. Everybody plays their best in yeah. states. Yeah. How does, so how familiar are you guys or how, how much, I guess, comfort level do you guys have with playing at the state finals and how it's kind of a different kind of a different setup, you know, with the facilities atmosphere. and all that. It is. It's a different atmosphere for sure. Um, I prefer it more because it gives us an opportunity to have more energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got people, a lot more people watching you than you normally would. You've got everybody around you is so competitive and so out there to win. And I just like that atmosphere. It helps me play better. Mm-hmm. Does it make it a little bit harder to be able to watch your teammates? With the, f- the finals format? It can be stressful. Yes. Because um, we need every match. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. We just need as many matches as we can get. We need the points. So it's tough if mm-hmm. they're not doing well. Which but place are you guys going to this year? We're playing at uh, Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo, okay. Kalamazoo College. Kalamazoo College. Is that the same as where you were at last year? No, last year we were at U of M. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How hectic is the, is the finals, given uh, how many... How many flights are there? How many people are playing at the same time? Is it better or worse than like a normal tournament that you go to on a Friday or a Saturday? I like it a lot better. The atmosphere is just so much more energetic than normal. It is. Um, a lot of the upper teams will have buys, so eventually those teams will only have like one match on at a time. So you've got your whole team behind you if you're that one match. So that's definitely a more energetic atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's a uh, What's something that most people probably don't know about tennis, especially doubles tennis? Um, Just that anything can happen. Uh, Comebacks are easy in tennis just because there's not a time limit. You can just all of a sudden win five points and it's a different match. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people underestimate how much energy can happen in a tennis match because a lot of people think of tennis and think, oh, that's boring. I don't want to watch people just stand there and hit a ball back and forth. But mm-hmm. doubles is a lot different than singles. You've got two people on each side. You've got a lot more action happening, and you can get some serious energy going out there. And it can be a lot more entertaining to watch than you might think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of a lot of like short burst action yeah. where yes. you're, you're moving really quick in, in short bursts and, yeah. and everything. What what sports do you think best complement tennis where like th- they would help you out or, or vice versa where playing tennis would help? another sport um i think the most important aspects in tennis that apply to other sports are footwork and hand-eye coordination Mm -hmm. so trying to think of what sports would connect to that but those are the two most important i mean pretty much any sport you need footwork Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah maybe yeah there's a lot more maybe like hockey like you gotta have your feet in hockey yeah yeah Yeah. for skating yeah hand-eye coordination for the for puck handling Mm -hmm. yeah um Okay, so this one's this one's for you, Derek. Um, right. uh, can you beat your girlfriend in tennis? <laughs> <laughs> I, yes. I, <laughs> in one on one, because she's a singles player. Yeah, she's close. good. I, yeah, it's back. It's been back and forth. I mean, mm-hmm. she's the one singles. I'll give her that. Yeah, well, in the reigning player of the year. Yeah, for the record, eagle. Yeah. Um, for the, the Phoebe Walker from Traverse City Central, for those <laughs> those who don't know. Um, yeah, reigning girls tennis uh, player of the year. Um, 
what are you most looking forward to at the state finals? Um, I'm interested to see um, how our lower flights will do. Um, they didn't have a great start at the beginning of the season, but I think that's just an experience. And, I mean, like I said, at the States, anything can happen. I'd be interested to see how far they go. Mm -hmm. I'm excited just to be there. I love, I love state finals. I love the atmosphere there. It, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Has anybody at St. Francis won two state titles? Yes. So, uh, on our team right now, no. Nobody has won two individually, but in the past, there is uh, Ben Schmoody won twice at one one doubles. Should have had three. Um, the okay. COVID year messed us up because you had it team duel Different format, format yeah. Mm -hmm. Not flight by flight. It was teams going against each other. So there were a few people that deserved a, another state title that the team wasn't collectively able to give them. But Ben Schmoody has won two at both at one doubles. Uh, Cody Richards. Uh, one, oh, yeah. Once at one doubles and once at three singles. Uh, I think that's it. I think. Did Brendan Chenard win two? Uh, yes, he had two. Brendan Chenard had two, won at one doubles and then the other at two or three doubles. I think two, two. the year before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you guys are looking to become part of a select company at, yep. <laughs> at St. Francis? <laughs> yes. Um. We'll talk about how at St. Francis they only put up banners for teams that go to the state finals or win win titles or, or pretty much almost win titles. Like you got to go like to the yeah. to the semifinals or something to get a banner at at St. Francis. Yeah, you have to get your name on the banner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you look in our gym and all the runner-up posters take up all the room. Here, mm -hmm. we've got bad luck with second place, I guess. I don't know, <laughs> but I mean. I'm sure you've seen in the past our tennis team has like consistently been coming second in the states before um yeah a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, you guys were knocking yeah. on the door for a long time. Yeah. And, Real. and everything. Um but I mean, you know, in division 4 is one of those where there's it seems like to be always the same two three teams right up at the top fighting True. um for that. I mean with Liggett, um usually Green Hills they got moved up to division 3 a couple years ago. Oh, years ago okay. Cuz they just won too many times. Okay. I think that's like why. <coughs> we don't know for sure. So they yeah. Maybe they got a little bit bigger and had to go up to three. Maybe yeah. their enrollment went up yeah, or something. Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, so it, it, when you get those matchups with somebody like Liggett, how much extra does that make it uh, at, uh, at the state finals? We have. You've got to bring it from the beginning. Uh, last year, our semifinal, we played Liggett. We didn't have a very strong start, but we brought it back from 4-1 and won the set 6-4. So you definitely it makes it a lot easier on you if you start with energy from the beginning. Mm -hmm. It does, and the, it goes for everybody on our team. When we play Liggett, you've got got a lot of desire to win. You do. We playing Liggett is always the most exciting match of the season. We love doing it. They're mm -hmm. always good competition, but you want to win really bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I mean Division Four. I think when some people hear Division Four, they think it's all tiny schools, small schools. I mean, St. Francis is not a real small school, but uh, Division Four is actually just some pretty decent-sized schools just because of uh, who has tennis. A lot of small schools don't have tennis yeah. and everything. So, I mean, you got yeah. schools like Big Rapids are in Division Four and, yeah. and Grand Rapids schools. Yeah. Um, and how do you, I guess, do people kind of look at and say Division Four and, like, just kind of, 
brush it off or anything? Yeah. It definitely happens. Um, we show up to the higher level quads, and I think um, it's easy to us underestimate us because we're a D4 team. Kid from Skyline. <laughs> we asked us what division we were. said D4. He said he didn't even know there was a D4. Yeah. He didn't know there was a Division 4. <laughs> so people do definitely underestimate us at quads. They look at us. They think of us as a small school. They're just yeah. going to beat us. And I think that gives us the edge most of the time just because they're not expecting much. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. we definitely have brought it against those schools this year. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have, what, 25 wins together? Yep. You've got 29. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, so are you four and zero without him? I am. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you rub that in? Not really. I, <laughs> I mean, I think they were all lower D four, but a win's a win. So. Yeah. Four and zero. Oh, you're still ranked number one, together. Yep, yeah, we so. are. Mm -hmm. So can't get any better than yeah. that. So, well, thanks for your guys' time here this uh, today, preparing for the state finals coming on up and, and best of luck there yeah thank you thank you all right thanks again to charlie king and Derek berta for joining james in the get around studio greatly appreciate it good luck to them on friday and saturday at the tennis state finals and see if they can help the Gladiators repeat after winning the program's first uh, tennis state championship title uh, last year. And uh, if they do, my guess is they'll be getting into the Get Around Hall of Fame next week, which we'll get into right now uh, and our nominations for uh, the Athletes of the Week. Uh, I'll start and uh, nominate Central Lake Ellsworth quarterback Kellen Pletcher. Uh, he went 13 for 18 for 237 yards passing with two touchdowns. Also had three two-point uh, attempt conversions. Then he rushed for 132 yards and two touchdowns. Also had four tackles and an interception on defense as the Trojans won 56-12 to over Onaway on Friday. And then James, uh, we'll have you give a nomination and give Jordan's nomination as well. All right, I'm going to put up Frankfurt's Nick Stevenson. Uh, he threw for 150 yards and three touchdowns and then ran for 130 yards and another touchdown in Frankfurt's 38-20 win over Harbor Springs to move to 6-1, and 4-1 and one in the Legacy Division, and they uh, play their rivals, Glen Lake, on Friday in what I think is their homecoming game. Which you will be at, because we gotta we gotta pay, we got to start paying a little attention to Frankfurt right now since they're now ranked in the top 10 and sitting at 6-1. and one. Yep, exactly. And then uh, for Jordan, we will put up uh, Traverse City St. Francis athlete Preston Jaworski. He, uh, he played soccer in the afternoon on Saturday for TC Christian and had two goals and an assist in a 5 to nothing win over Sutton's Bay and then rushed to Thurlby Field for the second half of the football game uh, against Sault Ste. Marie and kicked an extra point in that game. And uh, so pulling a little double duty. Gotta love that. Gotta love when athletes are, are committed and, and, and do that. Um, so do we want to just do what we did last week since there are no votes, or do we want to uh, stick with one and and go with uh, Pletcher this week? Because I think Pletcher stands out above the other two, in my opinion. I think so, too, but I'm okay with putting all three in because, you know, we don't have a vote, and it'll save time. 
That's fine. I mean, yeah, that's everybody gets in. Particip- participation trophies for all. Uh, so congratulations to Central Lake Ellsworth quarterback Kellen Pletcher, Nick Stevenson, uh, the Frankfurt quarterback, and Preston Jaworski, who was pulling double duty for T.C. Christian and T.C. St. Francis. You are all now members of the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. We will wrap up the show now, a little trifecta and duo lipa this week, since i got to bring back that dumb joke every time it's just the two of us. Um, so this time of the year is wonderful for sports, because you've got baseball playoffs, you've got football, both college and the pros going, you've got the NH- NHL getting underway, NBA getting underway. Um, I always, it's it's starting to get that you get that real fall autumnal feeling, right? Leaves are blowing across the roads. You get that crisp in the air, right? Maybe you leave the windows open on a, on a nice Sunday afternoon after, after football. Is there a, a good movie, a good sports movie to watch during this time of the year? I, I always feel like, like for me, major league is always a, a must-watch right around this time. You know, uh, I, I think it's good for the start of the baseball season, and I think it's good for the end of the baseball season as well because you get that great playoff run. Yeah, that's an uh, excellent choice, I think. <clears throat> I think it depends on whether you want to be serious or not serious, and uh, so I picked a kind of uh, a couple either way. Uh, there's, one thing I was thinking of is there's, there's no good NBA movies. There are, there's, yeah. There's, you know, there's college basketball. There's a couple of college basketball movies, you know, with the uh, the one that came out a few years ago about the, uh, what's it, Texas, the team with the first um, black players to re- win the national championship. Oh, I don't know that movie. No? I can't remember what the name of it is now. It, uh, it was like, you know, it was a regular Disney sports movie but it was pretty good it came out right around the same time i think as the like we are marshall okay type of thing um but there's no good nba movies i haven't seen the adam sandler one yet the hustle Hustle. yeah yeah i haven't seen that yet um and kind of the same thing with nhl i mean it's you know miracle there's there's miracle (laughs) but that's yeah that's kind of that's college and olympics Right, uh, you know, and then there's Slapshot, of course. Of course, of course. Uh, but I would, you know, the other thing would be, I think, I'd say Hoosiers. Hoosiers is right up there, and I think for me, I, I think my ultimate, like the only time of the year that I want to watch this movie is during college football season, and that's Rudy. I would uh, give me Rudy on like. Uh, a Saturday, even like a Saturday morning before college football starts, like say I wake up at like nine o'clock, I'll put Rudy on and get in the mood for some college football. That's, that's great. Or even like after, um, uh, you know, an afternoon college game, be like, all right, throw on Rudy and and watch that. That's really the only time I want to watch Rudy. I, I like Rudy. I think it's good, but it's not one that I will watch at any other time of the year. It has to be during college football season. I'm I'm like indifferent, I guess, to Rudy, but I, I, it's it's a good movie and everything. But but the other thing I thought about for NBA or for basketball would have been semi-pro, just which is so entertaining and has yeah. one of my favorite scenes, which is when Will Ferrell believes that he has become an NBA owner, 
and he starts telling everyone to eat s and it's yeah oh i i just i pull up that clip on youtube if you look at my youtube history i bet within the last two weeks i've watched that scene and the one where he has the bear he has to fight the bear and then it's a and the, running away or like when he's singing in the when he's singing in the, in the dumpster when he's lying in the dumpster and singing that is it, it doesn't get enough love I, I mean because I think when semi pro came out I think we were all kind of will Ferrelled out like we had we had just had too much of will Ferrell at that point but it's 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 good I quite like semi pro I think it's really dumb and stupid and, I really and funny. it's very dumb and very stupid and, and incredibly funny and it has a great supporting yeah. cast yes it has a, yeah it's just the other some of the the side you know storylines and stuff and yeah it's just got the, is that streaming poetry. anywhere i don't know probably it's got oh yeah cordry is hilarious in that one he is so funny the the way he plays off woody harrelson's character is yeah is fantastic all right, well, that will uh, wrap up episode 229 of the Get Around podcast uh, here in the Record Eagle podcast uh, studios. Um, James, thank you, as always, for uh, holding down the fort there in TC and uh, taking care of business. Uh, we wish our colleague Jordan uh, Puente uh, good health once again. Uh, hopefully he is back this week and uh, so we got stuff we got stuff going on and uh, we, we'll need another hand on deck uh, so it'll be good to have him back when uh, when he's feeling better um, but for James and for Jordan and for our lovely audible viewers I've been your host Brendan Queeley episode 229 of the Get Around Podcast is in the books